Hello and welcome to the Destiny Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen to this message, it helps you grow closer to God and inspires you to live like Jesus. Thanks for listening. Here's the message. Hey, I want to welcome everybody that's watching online today. We're excited. We're honored to have you guys with us today and uh, from Republic and Marshfield alike. And uh, hey, we're in a series we've been calling Little Foxes. And uh, I hope you've been enjoying this series. I'm loving this series. I'm loving studying this series. We get the idea of this series from Song of Solomon, chapter two, verse 15, that says, catch the little foxes. The little foxes that are destroying the vineyards. And so that's where we get this series from. And we've been talking about little sins. But we know as we looked at in week one of this series, there is no such thing as a little sin, right? All sin is sin, separates us. There's no size We're the one that labels it big or small, but sin is sin. And we've been looking at that. Last week, we looked at offense and anger. And this week, we're going to look at one that really ties the two of these ideas together. And then uh, next week, we've got a completely different thread that we'll be going. But this week, we're going to talk about bitterness. Bitterness. Another word we could use for bitterness is resentment. Bitterness is not only something that poisons you. Bitterness, if you don't deal with it, poisons the people around you. Beware of the little foxes that destroy the vineyards. Beware of the little foxes that destroy relationships. And our verse today comes to us from Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15, that says this, see to it, that no one misses the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and to defile many. See to it that no one misses the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up. To lay the foundation for this week's message, I wanna give you two biblical thoughts concerning bitterness. Number one, bitterness has a dangerous root. Bitterness has a dangerous root. Scripture is very clear on this. We just looked at it from Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15. Another translation says it this way. Make sure no one lives with a root of bitterness sprouting within. Why do we not want to live with a root of bitterness? Because it's dangerous. It's toxic. It destroys relationships, beware, make sure that no one lives with a root of bitterness sprouting within them, which will only cause trouble and poison the hearts of many. Bitterness is a dangerous little fox that is rooted in personal hurt. Bitterness is a dangerous root that is, is, is rooted in personal hurt or offense. That's where it's rooted. Yet the Bible tells us love keeps no record of wrong, right? But what happens with the bitter person is they keep detailed records of wrong. Love keeps no record of wrong, but bitter people keep record of wrong. And they say things like this, so-and-so did this to me and I remember it and I play it over and over and over in my mind. We don't let it go. They hurt me. They wronged me. Bitter roots absorb the hurt. What do roots do? They store things. They store things, either good or bad, right? 
Bitterness is a root that is stored and these roots begin to grow. And when bitterness begins to grow, the second thing that bitterness does is bitterness produces poisonous fruit. Business per, bitterness produces poisonous fruit. In the Hebrew culture, any poisonous plant would have been called a bitter plant. And the author of the book of Hebrews uses a bitter root as a metaphor, listen to me, for something that brings damage to the church. The author of the book of Hebrews uses this idea of bitterness as a metaphor that is something that will do damage to the church. What it's telling us is bitterness, not only does it have a dangerous root, but it produces dangerous fruit that destroys relationships. And what I want you to catch from the beginning of this message today is we need to be aware of this little fox called bitterness or resentment that is rooted in deep personal hurt, offense, and it's producing dangerous fruit. And when it comes together, it destroys relationships. And what I wanna do today is I wanna give you five characteristics or five traits that I've seen in bitter people. And And I want all of us to pray the prayer of Psalm 139, where David said, Lord, search me. This is my prayer that I want all of us to pray. Lord, search me and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. And here's the deal today. If he reveals anything to you throughout this message, and I believe he will, I believe that a lot of us struggle with this right here. Some of you don't know it. And today the hope is to reveal that to us. And if the Lord reveals anything to you, allow him to do some work. And at the end of this message, we're gonna squash it but I'm gonna give you the cure for bitterness, all right? We ready for this? This one might hurt a little bit, all right? This one, some of these hurt, right? Some of these messages aren't those make tickle me, make me feel good messages, right? These hurt, but I would rather, I would rather the Lord discipline me and deal with me now, all right? So I can be who he's called me to be, all right? Let's pray. Lord, we come before you and we ask you right now, would you be in this room? And would you, would you minister? And would you speak to every single person here today? We thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for lives are being touched and lives are being changed. Lord, we thank you for those who are watching online. Would you minister to them today? And Lord, if there's any bitterness in any of us, we ask you to move it. Remove it from our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So what we're doing is we're gonna look at five traits of bitter people and then we're gonna talk about it and then I'm gonna give you the cure. So five traits of bitter people. Number one, bitter people excuse their bitterness. Another way we could say this is bitter people justify their bitterness. They think, after what they did to me, I have a right to be upset. I have a right, and we excuse it. After what they did to me, I have a right to be offended. I have a right to be bitter. I have a right to be angry. I have a right to be mad. I have a right to be upset. It's only natural the way I feel, and I'm going to continue to feel this way. We justify it. We give excuse to it. Why? Because we were the victim. And we carry around this victim mentality for our whole life and we justify our bitterness, yet I can't find anywhere in Scripture where Jesus said, or anywhere in the Old Testament where it said, hey, because of what they did to you, you can be bitter. No, what I see in Scripture is love keeps no record of when it's been wronged. 
Bitter people justify their bitterness. They give excuse to their bitterness. I have a right to be bitter. And number two, bitter people turn to cynicism. Number one, we make excuses. Number two, we turn to cynicism. One definition of cynicism is this. It's an attitude characterized by a general distrust of the motives of others. And it goes on to say, bitterly untrustful. Cynicism is someone who is bitterly untrustful. You see, cynicism stems from a wounded heart. And bitter people have wounded hearts. We believed in someone. We loved someone. We gave our heart to someone. We were vulnerable with them and they broke our hearts. They took advantage of us. And so we become bitter and we become cynical and we have this mentality that says, I can't and I won't let that happen again. So we become cynical. And not only do we become cynical, when we become a cynic, we become critical of other people and we nitpick and we complain and we point out every flaw. Bitter people, if you wanna know if somebody is bitter, just hang out with them because when they see somebody, they're going to say, can you believe what she wore to church today? Can you believe how they parent their kids? And they want to use it and they want to justify it. But can you believe, and they nitpick and they complain and they see every flaw, but the Bible tells us, why do you look at the speck in your neighbor's eye, yet don't deal with the speck in your own eye? We become critical and we point out everybody's flaw. Am I speaking to anybody today? Number three, bitter people, and here's a big one, bitter people, and I want to say secretly, and I think that's even what I put in the notes, but bitter people secretly or even openly celebrate the hardships of others. If you're bitter at someone, listen to me, and something bad happens to them, you're like, it's about time. They're just getting what they deserve. It's about time God did. The Bible says you reap what you sow. And we secretly celebrate the hardships of other people. Bitterly people, not only do we secretly celebrate the hardships of others, when something good happens to them, we get angry. God, why would you do something good in their life when they did that to me? Like you're somebody special. And God can't grain on the just and the unjust. Right? And we get bitter and we get upset and we secretly celebrate the hardships of others. But when God does something good in their life or when they just work hard or when just luck happens, we get angry at God and we get angry at them. Bitter people. Bitter people, number four, bitter people write people off. Bitter people, they write people off. What do I mean by that? You're hurt by one person, you're hurt by two people and we write off entire groups of people because of it. Someone in the church hurt you, I get it. So what we do is oftentimes people write off the church or they write off Christians. Listen to me, one Christian hurt you doesn't mean all Christians are bad. One pastor hurt you doesn't mean all pastors are bad. A boy hurt you when you were a little girl, so you write off all boys. Or a a little girl hurt you and you join the little rascals he-man woman haters club. We write off people 
Because of bitterness. And what happens when you write people in, or write people off is you box yourself in and you isolate yourself and we were never created to do life alone. And when we get bitter and we write people off, beware of the little foxes that are destroying the vineyards. Is anybody getting this today? Bitter people, number four, write people off. And bitter people, here's a big one, struggle to see bitterness in the mirror. We struggle to see bitterness in the mirror. And some of you, as I'm preaching this message, you're thinking, man, I wish so-and-so was here in this message. I wish so-and-so was in the room. Some of you are thinking, I can't wait to share this on Facebook. I can't wait to share this on YouTube. But guess what? This message isn't for someone else. This message is for you. You see, bitter people struggle to see bitterness in the mirror. Bitter people struggle to see bitterness in the mirror, but I have good news for you today. Somebody move my mirror. (laughs) Don't move my mirror. It's a prop. I have good news for you today. See, bitter people struggle to see bitterness in the mirror. Is it bright? That's fun right there. Woohoo! It's a strobe light. Bitter people struggle to see bitterness in the mirror. Some of you won't look at the mirror because bitter people online, you see, we struggle. And I'll put this down so we don't continue to blind you. Some of you maybe need to have a little light shined on the situation. Bitter people, we struggle to see bitterness in our lives. My prayer for all of us today is, Lord, search me. My prayer for all of us today is, Lord, reveal to me any bitterness that's in me that offends you and let me deal with it and let me deal with it so I can get on a new path see some of you bitterness has put you on the wrong path some of you bitterness has put you on a path of destruction bitterness is poisonous let me tell you if you don't deal with bitterness and if it's left undealt with it will destroy you because bitterness is poisonous it's toxic It's toxic. It's not only toxic to your own life, it's toxic to the people around you. So let me ask you a question today. Let's start dealing with, with whom or what are you bitter? With whom or with what are you bitter? Is there someone in your life? And I want you to allow the Lord, some of you what happened is some of you, a face ran through your mind and you're like, oh, that's not me. And you just push it off. Don't push this off today. Like, don't live with this. Don't let this root go deep. Some of you, it's just something small right now. But if you don't deal with it today, it's going to destroy you. It's, it's going to destroy relationships. Is there something in your life? You see, it could be as small as someone at work got the promotion that you think you deserve. And you become bitter. 
and you become nitpicky and critical of that person that got the promotion. For some of us, it could be a little more personal. It could be a little more serious. Someone has been telling lies about you and spreading rumors about you, and now you're bitter at them. It could be even more personal. Maybe you're bitter or angry at one or both of your parents. Maybe your dad left you when you were little. Maybe he abused you. Maybe he abused your mom. It could be more personal. Maybe he, he wasn't a good man. Or maybe it was your mom. Maybe she was an alcoholic. Or my, maybe your mom played the favorite game. And it's personal to you. With whom or with what are you bitter? Maybe you're in this room today and someone, not your parents, but as a little girl or as a little boy took advantage of you. They touched you. And they stole your innocence. And see, you justify it today. You justify today's actions because of what that person did to you. And since you're a little girl, since you're a little boy, you've continued to play the victim. And you're bitter. And you give excuse to it. And you justify it. And there's no room for that in Scripture. Or maybe, maybe it was a long-trusted friend who you just always knew would be there for you. And for no reason that you know of, they turn their back on you and they now speak evil of you. With whom or with what are you bitter? You see this in marriages too. The biggest place that I see bitterness is probably in the home. Bitterness, it destroys marriages. Your spouse hurt you one time. They did something that they probably shouldn't have. They said something, they made a mistake, but you said you forgave them, but now you still hold on to that. And that bitterness, it's toxic and it's seeping into your marriage. It's seeping into your family. It's seeping into your kids. And you have this toxic, poisonous atmosphere in your home because you've allowed this little fox of bitterness to creep into your home and it's destroying the vineyards. And you're wondering, why is my home feel this way? Why are we headed to divorce? Or why did I get a divorce? It's because we don't deal with this little fox called bitterness. Some of you in this room, you're even bitter at God. He didn't answer the prayer how he, you thought he should answer that prayer. And you told him time after time, God, this would have been easy for you. If you had just done this, everything would be okay. And now you're bitter at God. And when we don't deal with bitterness, bitterness begins to grow and it's toxic and it's poisonous and it seeps into every relationship and it destroys our relationship with God and it destroys our relationships with others. I ask you today, with whom or with what are you bitter? Is anybody hearing this one today? I want you to acknowledge this today. Don't push it away. Ask yourself, has this little fox called bitterness taken root in my life? Has this little fox called bitterness taken root in my life? Because the longer the root grows, the more dangerous the root becomes. And the more difficult it is to kill. But today we don't want to just acknowledge it. I don't want to just like step on your toes and say, you're all bitter people, now go home. I want to give you the cure to it, right? So how do we kill this root of bitterness that is constantly doing damage to our relationships? How do we kill it? You ready for it? You kill the root of bitterness with forgiveness. There is no other cure you kill the root of bitterness with forgiveness. Ephesians 4, 31 and 32 says this. Get rid of all bitterness. Everybody say all. all. Does it leave room for any left? 
Well, I can be bitter. I got to get rid of it for 99 people, but there's that one person that really did me wrong. I can hold on to that bitterness. No. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander along with every form of malice. Get rid of all bitterness. Listen to me. There is no room for bitterness in the kingdom of God. It's toxic. Let it go. When I started, when I was writing this message, I started thinking Elsa and Anna on Frozen. Let it go. Let it go. Don't take it anymore. You know, just let it go. Can't hold it back anymore. Turn away and slam the door. Let it go. In fact, what I want us to do is we need to get some spiritual goo gone. Come on. Come on. We need to get some spiritual goo gone. Because how many of you have ever had like something that just wouldn't come out? Yeah. And you got some goo gone and it's like a miracle. You need some spiritual goo gone today. You need to just spray it on there and Lord, do a deep work in me because this bitterness has rooted itself deep inside of me and I need you to do a deep work in my heart. What is spiritual gugon? Well, verse 32 tells us, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as God forgave you in Jesus Christ. How do we deal with it? We deal with, we get some spiritual gugon. What's that? Forgiveness, be loving, be compassionate, be kind to each other. So let me tell you a story to illustrate this and begin to drive this all home. There's a story about two monks. They were uh, from a foreign country and their tradition for these monks was they were to never, ever under any circumstance touch a woman. They could not touch them. They could not shake their hand. They could not hug their neck ever. Well, these two monks are on a journey and they're walking and they come upon a river And it had been raining and it had flooded this river and the water was over the banks and it was higher than normal and it was really impassable. On the other side of this river was a woman and she was in a beautiful wedding gown and she was weeping and she was crying. And so as the monks approached this river, they noticed what was going on and they wondered how could they help. And they asked the lady, how can we help you? And she said, it's my wedding day. And she said, I made my dress and I need to get to the side that you guys are on, but I can't, it's impassable. And if I walk through this water, I'll destroy my handmade gown and I won't make my wedding. And so these monks, they had a dilemma. What do they do? They can't touch a woman. It's, a, it's forbidden in their traditions. Finally, the first monk thought, I think God would bless this if I help this woman. So he wades across the water and he grabs the woman in a very appropriate way and he picks her up and he lifts her above the water and he takes her to safety. And when he gets her set, when he gets her set down with tears in her eyes, she becomes overcome with emotion and she gives him a hug. And he kind of looks at his friend and the second monk says, how dare you? How dare you? How could you betray our tradition and touch a woman? The first monk said, I thought it was something that I was supposed to do. I felt like God would bless it. They continued on their journey. Two two days later, the second monk is still mad. And he looks at him and he says, again, how dare you? And he's becoming bitter and he's upset and he's angry. Day three, same thing, still mad, upset, worse than ever, and just kind of just yelling at the first monk. And finally, the first monk says this, with all due respect, I set the woman down three days ago and you're still carrying her in your heart. 
And there are many of you in this room today still caring years later what God intended you to set down. And I know in this room today, there's some significant hurts. I want to acknowledge that. So there's some deeper hurts today in this room than picking up a woman and helping her to safety. Some of you have been abandoned. Some of you have been lied about. Some of you have been cheated on. Some of you have been rejected. Some of you have been abused. Some of you have been left. Some of you have been slandered. Some of you have lost jobs you didn't deserve to lose. Some of you have been divorced and you didn't deserve it. You didn't do anything wrong. There's some deep hurts in this room today. And I wish I could just walk through. And, you know, and as I was praying, I just like, one of the things I try to do is I try to figure out the hurts in the room. And I just, today it was like, there wasn't anything I could just say, well, this is that and this is that. The Lord just is picking hearts right now and he's just pricking your heart. You know you have some deep hurts. You have some deep wounds. I acknowledge that. And these little foxes that destroy the vineyards, oftentimes it starts with deep hurts that we don't deal with. And some of you in this room have grown fond of the bitterness that's inside of you. It's become a close companion to you. But today I want to tell you, slow, I, w- I want to tell you, sit it down. It's time to get rid of it. Lay it down. It's time to forgive. You know, I wish I could make this part easy. I wish I could say, you know, the cure to this is simply all you got to do is say it with your mouth. I forgive them. I wish it was that simple, but it's not. And I want to tell you, I've had some people wound me in my life. This is not a message that I'm preaching at you. This is a message I'm preaching with the room. I've had people wound me. I've had people wound my wife. I've had people wound my family. I've had people wound my friends. And I'm gonna tell you, the first thought in my mind was not forgive them. You know, and I, and I have realized, you can say things more about me and I, and, I, and I don't become as bitter, but when it starts happening about my family and, and the church and friends and what we're doing, I, I realized I, I sometimes wanna set the record straight. So I don't, I don't preach this message as somebody who hasn't experienced this. I have personal experience with this. There are names. I sat in my office and I, and I cried when I was writing this part of the message. I cried in my office this morning as I was reading over my notes again. There are names that I could say out loud right now that hurt me years ago. Years ago. There are people's names. And you know, I wish I could tell you I forgave them years ago and I left it there. But you know, it's not how it always works. I did forgive them years ago, but there are times I run into that person and I see them and something old creeps back up. There are times that like somehow I've blocked them off on social media, yet somehow I see a Facebook post with their name on it. And that old wound creeps in. And listen to me, Forgiveness is not something we do one time. Forgiveness is a daily choice. Ephesians 4.32 again says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another just as in Christ God forgave you. And I have to tell you, for me, he's forgiven me a lot. I could write pages upon pages of the things God has forgiven me of. 
He's forgiven me of, he's forgiven me of lustful thoughts. He's forgiven me of lying. He's forgiven me of cheating. He's forgiven me of stealing. He's forgiven me of bitterness. He's forgiven me of anger. He's forgiven me of pride. And I could list the things on and on and on, but I don't want to tell you all my sins because you might not want me as your pastor anymore, you know? But my list, my sins could fill up entire books. And when I compare my list to how they've done something to me, there's no comparison. Let me say it again. When I compare what he's forgiven me of to how they said something about me, surely I can forgive that. But see, it starts like that and we allow bitterness to wedge in there and then it destroys all the relationships. Be kind, compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Jesus has forgiven you. So today I'm challenging this room I'm ch- I am dealing with the bitterness in my heart by like, once again forgiving people. Who, who would think that you're writing a message and you, had to, and you had names come up that hurt you over 20 years ago that you think, wow, I thought I'd given that up. Okay, Lord, as I'm writing this message, I forgive them again. Listen to me, if you do not forgive them, you're allowing them to continue to hurt you. You're allowing them to continue to drive a wedge in your life. If you don't forgive them, you are allowing them to continue to put toxin into your marriage. If you don't forgive them, you're allowing them to continue to be a little fox that is destroying the vineyards, all because of bitterness. Now today, I wish I had a magic wand. You know, I wish I had some like little fairy dust that I could sprinkle on all of you that just made you forget the hurt, but I don't have that. I don't have that ability. All you can do is make a choice. So today you can choose, continue to drink the poison or get some spiritual goo gone and let it go. The choice is yours. So today as I close, I want you to begin to think about this. And I want to challenge you, let God work deep inside you. Because let's admit, today our bitterness runs deep and we justify it and we give excuse to it We don't recognize how much it's affecting us. So what do we need? We need God to do a deep spiritual cleansing. Hebrews 12.1 tells us, let go. Let go. Strip off every unnecessary weight and every sin that trips you up and entangles you. Let it go. In fact, what I want to do today is I I want everybody right now for the next 45 seconds to a minute, I want you to focus right here. If you say, Pastor Chad, I struggle with bitterness. I struggle with resentment. If you've had one name pop into your mind that you're like, what was that? Don't reject it. Don't push it away. Lord, is there something in me? Is there something there? I'll tell you, there was a guy that years ago went to my parents' church. Years ago. And with what I walked through some 20 years ago, This man made the statement. He said, I wish your son was the one laying in the bed and not her. I wish your son was the one that was dying. And I carried bitterness in my heart for a lot of years toward that person. A lot of years. And it took me, it took me a lot of years to even forgive him. But I remember several years later, Tosh and I were in a restaurant. 
We walked in and that guy was standing in front of me. And I had a choice right there. I had a choice. Get bitterness and allow it to stay in there or shake his hand. And I remember I was like, hey, how are you? And I thought I had dealt with it. And I was writing this message and that guy's name came up again. You gotta let God go deep. So maybe there's just one face. Maybe there's just one name that you think, well, I forgave them. No, today, we wanna deal with it. So if you're in this room today and you say, Pastor Chad, I struggle with some bitterness or some resentment, or there's somebody I haven't forgiven and the Lord's pricked my heart today, stand to your feet. I deal with bitterness. There's somebody I I haven't forgiven. It's toxic and it's destroying relationships and I need the Lord to forgive me today. I wanna have the ability to forgive them. Yeah. So I want you to look around you. You're not alone. You're not alone. And I want everybody to close your eyes. I want you to lift both hands. I wrote a prayer for you this week. And I want to pray this prayer over you. I want to pray this prayer over you. And I want you, as I pray it, I want you to grab a hold of it. Today, God, I give you permission to do a deep work in my life. And you need to start there, Lord. Tell him that right now. So, Lord, I give you permission to do a deep work in my life. Come on, say it out loud. Lord, I give you permission. Do a deep work in my life. Do something in me that is beyond natural. Because Lord, I don't even know if I want to forgive. And if I did, I'm not even sure how I'd do it. So God, I give you permission to do a deep cleansing in my life today. Remove all the broken pieces. Heal all my wounds. I don't want to drink this poison anymore. So Lord, would you please bring healing? Would you please cleanse me in a deep way? Would you deal with this at the root level? I want to be changed. I want to be healed. I want to be cleansed in Jesus' name. Now I want you right now all across this room, I want you to receive healing. Go ahead, soak it in and begin to say, I'm healed. If if you have a family member or a friend that's standing around you, just reach over and put your hand on them. If you know somebody, if you're a staff member, turn around, find somebody. I know everybody can't be prayed with right now, but let's take, can we take two minutes as the band plays and let's just pray because I believe the Lord is doing some deep healing right now. Come on, receive healing in Jesus' name. Be healed in Jesus' name. Be made whole in Jesus' name. You don't have to carry it anymore. You don't have to carry the wound anymore. You don't have to carry the hurt anymore. Forgive them right now. Say their name out loud. Say, Lord, I forgive them. I forgive her. I forgive him. I forgive my parent. I forgive my sibling. I forgive my boss. Lord, I forgive them. Be healed. Be whole. In Jesus' name, you don't have to carry this anymore. You don't have to carry this. Come on. 30 more seconds. Come on. Let him do a deep work. Let him do a deep work. A deep work. Come on. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you'd like to learn more about Destiny Church, how to get connected, or give online, visit destinychurch.me. Have a great week.